You are now listening to the Nick's State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello everybody and welcome to the new episode of the Nick's State of Mind podcast. And uh, we have another little quick hitter here. Uh, today we're going to do something that we we never done before. You know, sometimes in this, you kind of do segments different years. Uh, so you kind of copycat a segment you might have did last year, but with new rosters, new faces, things like that. Um, but this is something I know we haven't done before. Uh, so it, it's going to be a little fun episode here. Encourage you guys to kind of play along as we take a look at uh, the next roster. We're going to do uh, a few players here like Canner, Hardaway, uh, Kevin Knox, and we are going to do an over and under game. So, for example, and this is who we'll start off with, uh, Enos Cantor. We'll talk about rebounds and, and points. And I'll say, Chip, Keita's Cantor, over or under 100 points a game. Something like that. So you get the gist. Um, so that's what we're going to do today. See if you guys agree with us. Uh, so we'll jump into it, starting with Enos Cantor. And, and Chip, Enos Cantor. Over or under 20 points a game? Oh, under 20 okay. points. I mean, yeah, I, he's a, he's an 11-point-per-game scorer for his career. But, uh, I mean, he averaged 14.1 last year. I think he'll probably be in that same area next year, probably in the 15. Maybe he'll go up a little bit uh, because Chris Ops will be out. Uh, maybe even the whole year next year. Who knows? So I could see him scoring like 15, maybe 16. But uh, to score 20 points per game, you got to get a lot of touches. And he's just not a guy who's going to get that many touches. You know, uh, Knox is going to get a lot. We'll talk about later. Hardaway, we know, loves to get his touches. Uh, Trey Burke's going to get a lot. Um no, I, I I don't see him getting enough touches to be a, a 20-point-per-game score. Chip, I agree with you, but I will say this. I think he's going to come pretty darn close. Um, okay. I, I think 17, 18 points a game because we don't know how long Przingis is going to be out for. And I do think that the, the post touches, he is going to get the most. And I, and I, I know other guys are going to you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. will get to him. We know he takes 50 shots a game. Um, I get all that. So the touches there for Canner, uh, he's not going to be their main focus. I get that. Um, but you know, and I, I'm not claiming that he's going to be a, a three point shooter. But this off season, I, I've seen a lot of work that he's putting in to expand his range. Uh, perhaps he does add a three ball to his game. That might help him climb a little bit. But because Brzingis is out, I do think that there is going to be a little bit of a climb for him. Uh, as the Knicks, when they try to go inside, he is going to be the guy. So I would say 17, 18 points a game this season from Enos Cantor. So just missing uh, the 20-point the mark. Now, same guy, 
Over or under double-digit rebounds? Oh, I'd say over. Okay. He averaged he averaged 11 last year. Right. And I think he can do that again. I think he'll average – I think he'll average definitely 10 again. And I, so I think it would be – I think it would be unwise to say he'll average fewer than 10 rebounds. So uh, – and plus, like you said, with no Kristaps, there's going to be a lot of opportunities for him to grab the rebounds. So, uh, yeah, he's a beast on the offensive glass. You know, he's one of the best in the game at those. So, yeah, I'm going to take the over on that one. I agree with you again. I mean, look, you kind of just touched it. Uh, he's just a monster on the offensive, you know, rebounding category. I mean, he's, he's one of the best in the league. Uh, and because of that, yeah, he, he easily gets over double digits in rebound total and you know we got guys that don't shoot the highest percentage so you're gonna get some misses and he's gonna battle his way in for position for a lot of offensive rebounds and and of course the defensive rebounds as well I think he's averaging right around where he did last season for us I think that's a pretty easy one uh with the over and under expectations from Cantor he's you know the guy has Shown he is a monster on that, especially on the offensive glass. I, I don't think there's too many guys that do it better than him and create those second chance opportunities like like Cantor does. All right, so we're going to move on now to Tim Hardaway Jr. Chip over or under thirteen shots a game, field goal attempt over. a game. Over, over, over. Yep, way over. <laughs> Wait, he averaged. Uh... Uh, 15 shots a game last year and Kristaps still isn't going to be there so he's going to get his shots yeah it, it was it was 15 a game last year and I don't see him slowing down I mean uh, I don't think look I think Kevin Knox is going to get shots up but I don't think he's going to take looks away from uh, Tim Hardaway I know Trey Burke likes to shoot too I think Burke took a uh, Took a lot of shots last year, but you know Hardaway is going to shoot. He's you know he's the he's the two guard. Two guards are supposed to shoot anyway. But uh, yeah, I, I think thirteen is is low a low number for him. I think uh, he's going to be right around that fifteen a game mark again this year. Maybe even a little higher. Okay. Uh, maybe closer towards like the sixteen to eighteen a game mark. But definitely taking the over at thirteen. I'm going to take over as well because the guy could play 10 minutes a game or he'll play more. But even if he played like 10 minutes a game, he's getting 20 shots up in those 10 minutes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> there's no filter. And, uh, and seven three-pointers are going up. You know, there's no there's no hesitation whatsoever. Uh, Tim is a guy that's looking to score, looking to shoot. Hopefully he's more efficient if he's going to take that many shots. But I definitely see him shooting well over that mark. And, and I'm right there with you. 15, 16, 17 shots a game. Now, the only thing that might hurt him is if he's not efficient, perhaps the Knicks look to cut back on his minutes a little bit. And that could probably impact, you know, his shot total. I know, like I said, he's going to come in the game, he's going to get his shots off. But, you know, depending on how many minutes right there, it might take off a, a shot or two a game and be right around where he was last year but I if I had to bet I think he would be over his shot total for next season so Tim Hardaway Jr same player over or under 20 points a game that's a really good one 
that's a good one. Twenty points per game. Uh, he averaged seventeen and a half last year. Shot forty two percent from the field. Um, you know, he was banged up a lot last year. I don't know. It's it's so hard to be a, a twenty point per game scorer in the NBA. It really is. But like I said, I think I'll take even more shots. I don't know. I I, I think I'm still going to take the under. Okay. I, I think I'm still going to take the under. Yeah. I am going to say over. I think really? and not much over, but about 21 points a game. I, okay. I do think the second, and I know this is a second stint, but since being traded over, it's a second year with the team. I do think at times last year, because of that contract, he he tried to do too much. You could see that early on when he when he was just awful to start the season. He tried to do too much. He tried to do, you know, be the hero and right. light up the gym every night. And I think in year two, you're already having a year back in the system. I think he is going to shoot a higher percentage this year. I actually have. Don't get me wrong, that contract we talk about a lot, I don't think he's ever going to live up to that contract. But I Impossible. Do think, I, Impossible. I, I, yeah, it's, it's, we, we discuss that contract constantly, and I just I, I, I think there are going to be some years there where he comes at least close for being the guy that the Knicks gave that money to. Never going to pass it, don't get me wrong. But I think this year, he's around 21 points a game. You said 42% from the field. I think he goes up to about 44, 45%. You're still I, under 50. Wow, I'd be thrilled with that. I, I think, yeah, I, I think we can oh take God. that. I think every Nick fan will sign up for that. I think he's going to be a little bit better this season. We might see a slow start again. But I think this year, uh, you know, somebody's going to have to step up. And I think he's going to be the guy. He's the best player we got. Uh, going in transition, you know, if the Knicks can get a few more stops, a little, few more, you know, rim protectors that we have now, perhaps we can get more of those fast break opportunities for Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, I, I, I think his field goal percentage and points per game total go up. All right, so we're going to move on, kind of going quickly through it. Uh, next player up to kind of pick around is Kevin Knox, the rookie. So, Chip, over or under? 15 points a game. I'm going to say under. Okay. Uh, yeah, I know it's, I know he's like a, a really hot uh, prospect right now. And it's, that's probably an unpopular thing to say that Kevin Knox is going to score uh, fewer than 15 points. I know a lot of Knicks fans think he'll approach that 20 point per game plateau. And, you know, he might, but, uh, I think he's also he could you know a lot of things that were left out there his uh, summer league experience where he shot a very he shot in the thirties percentage wise so I think he's going to have a tough time transitioning to NBA defenses like all rookies do and I think it's a safer bet to say he averages fewer than fifteen points a game because like I said he won't get as many shots up as Tim Hardaway. And I'm just not sure. I, I think he won't be the leading scorer. I think Tim Hardaway will score more points. And I'm not sure if he'll score more points than Trey Burke. You know, Trey Burke's going to get his shots up. Right. Um, 
it's it's going to be really interesting. Like like you said, you mentioned Ennis Cantor. Uh, is Ennis Cantor going to score? You you think he's going to score towards eighteen points? Right. How many points is how many points is Trey Burke going to score? Um, there's sometimes there's not enough shots to go around. I hope Kevin Knox gets up fifteen shots a game, but as a rookie, I don't see it happening on this team because. Uh, Trey Burke, Trey Burke's playing for a contract right now, so he's going to want to get his shots up. And, of course, Tim Hardaway's going to want to get his shots up after a disappointing season. And Ennis Cantor also playing for a contract. So right, yeah. I see Kevin Knox as a 20-point-per-game score down the line, but not next season. Yeah, and I, I think there's a lot of excitement, kind of as you, you were talking about, because of the way that he played in the Summer League and – you know, all these analysts and coaches and even some players that have made comments about Kevin Knox and a lot of people feel that, you know, he, he's going to be one of the most impactful players for his team as a rookie this season. And I think Kevin Knox is going to be pretty good. I, I do. I and, and But in this year, I think 15 points a game might be a little too much for him. You know, and, and you made excellent points about other guys that, are in contract years that are going to be looking to do something. And I look, I, I'll tell you what. I think by the end of this year, Kevin Knox is going to be averaging 15 points a game, at least. Or maybe even more. But that's at the very end of the year. Early on, I think you'll see him right around in the double digits. Um, you know, Bleacher Report has him averaging about 10 points for the season. I think he's Oh, that's average. low. That's yeah, I think, low. That's, I think that's, that's a pretty a low number for a guy as, as talented as Kevin Knox is. Um, I will say I'll see him scoring around 13 points a game, 12, 13 points a game for the season. Uh, you know, it might be 10 points though, Chip really early on in the year, but by the Could back be, end, yeah. I see his numbers climbing a little bit to about 12, 13 points a game uh, where he, he's putting up, you know, maybe over a stretch close to 15 to 20 points a night. As the year goes on, he's going to get better and better. And yeah, I think that's kind of obvious to say about really any players, especially a young player. They usually, usually now, you know, start to improve by the end of the year. Um, I, I, I think you know Jason Tatum last year from the Celtics was forced into a, a role where he had to produce early on because of the injuries to Gordon Hayward uh, and, and had to play a bigger role on that team. And he got off to such a strong start and then hit that rookie wall and then picked it back up for the playoffs. Uh, I think you're going to see kind of a similar thing. And Again, it's almost similar with Brzingis being out. I just think it's going to be the opposite. I think Kevin Knox at first may not light up the scoreboard. It'll be solid and still very exciting to watch. But I think as the year goes on, he will get stronger and stronger. So... Uh, 20 points or 15 points a game for Kevin Knox. We both feel like he is going to be under that. Uh, now we'll move on to Trey Burke and a couple of over or under suggestions here or questions here about Trey Burke. Um, we'll start with the assists. Does Trey Burke average six or more assists a game this year, over or under? Oh man, I think that's that's too high. Yep. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under on that. Uh, he averaged 4.7 last year in, in 36 games with the Knicks. But uh, for his career, he's a 
three point eight. Uh, for and uh, the highest before this was uh, his rookie year with Utah. He averaged five point seven assists. Um, I just he's look he's a shoot first guy, and that's when he's at his best. So uh, I don't think he's a guy who's going to get the Knicks a lot of assists, you know. But that's not necessarily a terrible thing. If he's not a natural point guard, he shouldn't be a natural point guard, <laughs> you know. But, um, yeah, I think six is too high, you know, maybe in like the five range. Uh, I could also see him a little bit lower than that. Uh, I could see Frank's assists jumping up a little higher. And because of that, Burke's assists going down um i could see frank by the end of the season maybe by mid-season taking minutes away from burke i know fisdale hasn't announced who's going to start at the point so we'll see about that that'll be interesting but um yeah i think six is too high uh i'm gonna take the under on that you know you look at his career numbers as you mentioned 3.8 assists per game for his career the highest assist mark that he's had is 5.7. That was back in his rookie season. Uh, and mm-hmm. then 4.3, 2.3, 1.8. And then last year, 4.7 in 36 games. Yeah, I, I think he's, as you said, a score guard first. That's what he's looking to do. That's his natural kind of tendencies in the league. But I do think that he is a guy that can create. And I'm going to say under. But again, this is going to be one that I think will be pretty close. You know, we 4.7 assists last year. I would not be surprised if it stays in the fours, possibly five. But I think six is a little too much. Again, you know, 5.7 being his highest mark. Um, and we really don't know how many minutes he's going to get. We don't know what the rotation is going to look like. We don't know about what Neil Kina is going to do and, and all that good stuff. So it's... It's still to remain to be seen, but it wouldn't shock me if he's around four, five assists for this upcoming season. So sticking with Trey Burke, over or under, does he start 35 games next season? Oh, under. Okay. Under. I'm not sure he'll start at all. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Frank, uh, or maybe not, I think at all is a little strong because what if... Frank the season and struggles if Frank gets hurt but uh, I'd be surprised if he started 20 games uh, I think a guy like Burke is would be best coming off the bench anyway uh, but yeah uh, I think 35 right not 25 yeah 35 starts yeah 35 yeah that's what I thought um, I'm gonna say uh, the under and way under on that one way under I am actually going to go over. And when I go uh, over... So you think he's going to be the guy? I do. I, I think he... Okay. And I think everything wants them to go towards Neil Aquino. They want Neil Aquino to start. Chip, I'm just still not thinking that he's ready to be that starting point guard. I think he's better off coming off the bench and kind of being a role player that way, despite what we saw a little bit more production for him towards the end of last season. I just... I, I can't buy in the fact... That he's the guy. And I'm not even claiming that Trey Burke is for real. You know, like we, we both talked about, we loved what we saw last year. Let's see if he can do it again. I'm going to go over. And when I go over, 
that may be around in the 30s. I'm not going to push the 40s, but above 35, so 36, 37, 38, 39 uh, games. So I'm maybe not in the 40s, but definitely above 35 starts. I think it may be a situation again towards the end of the year where they start to give Frank some starts. I just I don't think that Neil Aquina is quite ready to be the starter for the Knicks. And you throw in the other guy in there, Emmanuel Moutier, they may look at him and give him a few starts, even though I'm just, I, I'm not high on Moutier, never have been, never will be. I don't even think he should be on the roster right now, if I'm just speaking the truth. But I, I think he can take away a few more starts. But, you know, there's something about Trey Burke. I I, I, I honestly do think, if, if you ask me, do you think he's going to be able to do what he did last year again? I'm very optimistic that he can. I, I think I, I, being down in the G League opened up his eyes and realized that, you know what, he might have been the best player on his team in college. He might have been the best player on his team in high school, but when it came to the NBA, you know, he was no longer the main guy that it just came easy to. And I'm not saying that he didn't work hard, but I think it was an eye-opener. Like, if I don't start putting in the time, putting in the extra work, I may not be in this league anymore. And I, I think he basically even said himself that the best thing for him was being able to play down in the G League. I think that kind of woke him back up. And I, I, I think very highly of Trey Burke, and I think he is going to the starting point guard for the Knicks. I just I think there's going to be some mixing and matching, which might cost him you know, the, the high number of starts you want to see. But I, I think he can get above 35 starts on the year. So moving on down the list now, we'll go with uh, Frank Nielakina. Nielakina, over or under 10 points a game? No, under. Okay. Under, under, yeah. <laughs> under, under. Uh, he averaged 5.9 last year. Uh, I think he'll probably hover around that 10-point-per-game scoring mark for his career, and that's not an insult at all. Uh, I think that's just who he's going to be. I think he's going to be an excellent player. I think that's just who he's going to be. Uh, I'm looking at basketball reference right now. You know, he he only scored, he played 78 games last year, and he scored uh, in double digits 13 times. Right. Scored single, di- scored single digits 65 times. So, uh, yeah, he's not a scorer right now. Uh, his high last year was 17 points. Um, he looked; he had some good offensive moments, but he's not a scorer yet. He's a defensive guy. You know, he had he had some incredible defensive moments. He had that game against the Cavs where he had six steals or something. Yeah, six steals. Uh, he uh, he had that uh, that game against Chris Paul. Uh, look, he. He's not a scorer. I don't think he ever will be. Um, So I'm going to say he he averaged 5.9 last year. I think his scoring will go up. Right. uh, But I don't think it's going to go up to 10 points. I'd say uh, maybe eight in that area, maybe seven even. But, uh, yeah, I think 10 is still a little high for him. I agree with you. Everything you just said, I – Times that by two. I mean, that's exactly yeah. what I would. That's that's everything right there. You know, eight points a game. I think it could jump up to, but that's about it. 
His main thing is is not a scorer, and he has a lot of work to do before he can because he's still not really the greatest outside shooter. Um, if until he starts knocking down that mid range jump shot, he's going to be under uh, double digit points for you know his average on a season, uh, which will stay on Frank Nilakina now. Steals per game is he over or under? We'll say one and a half steals. One and a half. That's right. a high number. That is a high number. Uh, he averaged point eight last year, so he came close to one. Um, I think he'll definitely average one assist. Um, but one point five is a high number. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say he can do it. I think he's. I, I think he can do it. Uh, yeah, he had. Uh, he had. Look, he went. Uh, what? He only. Uh, uh, <laughs> excuse me. That's all good. He had uh, 39 assists, 39 games where he had an assist, and 39 games where he didn't have an assist last year. So, guess what? I mean, he's an excellent player, excellent defensive player, but guess what? He's a little inconsistent. Guess what? He's a rookie. <laughs> right. That's what he is. Um, he uh, look. I think he's fully capable of averaging one and a half assists, but uh, and I think he will. Or steals. Think, steals. We're doing steals. Uh, steals. Yeah. Steals. Sorry. Steals. Um, yeah. I. I like it. I, I like the number. Um, I think he can do it. I think. I think with Fisdale too. I think he's going to get even better. Look, no disrespect to Hornacek, but I didn't see a lot of, like, I, he, well, first of all, he wasn't a defensive guy, and Fisdale is a defensive guy. I think Frank's going to kind of thrive on that and get even better on defense. And, look, I, I like that. I think that's a good number, 1.5. I, I would be surprised if he came in, like, the top five, maybe at least top ten in steals this year. Yeah. Chip, I'm going to be bold here. I think he can be a guy that can get about two steals a game. Wow, that's a really high number. I, I think he can. I think he has that kind of defense ability. That's the one thing that I say is impressive about him. You know, the length, the size of his arms, you know, and that reach that he has. When he's in the game, and he didn't play, I don't think, monster minutes last year, and I think he's going to see an increase. He played 21 minutes a game last year, 21.9. I think that's going to be about five, six more minutes a game for him this year. Uh, and because of that, I think he's obviously going to have more opportunities to get his hands on that ball. And I feel like every time that he touched the floor, there was always some kind of moment where he was going after a loose ball and getting his hands on it or, or deflecting a ball. Seen that several times. I think this guy has the ability. Maybe not he's going to rip point guards every time, but you might see him on the weak side defense sneaking in there and poking a ball for a I can see him doing that. He he just has a, a very high IQ on the defensive end and is a really solid defender. Uh, so I, I do I think it's possible that he can be around two steals a game. So I, I know that's a big number, Chip, but I, I think it's possible. I think it's definitely it's it, it's it's bold. You know when you go that's from one point like eight that's or like zero point eight. Paul. Yeah, right. That's like Chris Paul. Right. Like, that's yeah. That's elite defense. Yeah, I think he could do it. I think he has that ability. I think I think year two for him will be in offensively. You will get what you get. I think defensively, he's going to have even more of an impact because he's going to get more minutes. Um, now we'll finish this up, 
And, and we'll come back to this. We'll look at several other players and, and kind of discuss it. But for this sake, because we are going to get into our, our all-time Nick pick in just a second, but we are going to go to Mitchell Robinson. Does he average over or under two blocks a game? Well, Robinson, first of all, led uh, all summer league players in blocks with four per game. That was one of the things everybody was raving about him for. He dominated on defense. Other than uh, going 67% from the field and 10.2 rebounds, you know, you – that was what really stood out, his defense, which is what we were hoping to see. And uh, we saw it. But uh, that is just summer league. Um, <laughs> it was, as we always say, what is what is it we always say about summer league? It's just summer league. We don't know right. anything until we see him against the real thing. And two, like... Like two blo- uh, like two steals, two blocks is a very high number. Yeah, and it's a very high number for a guy who uh, didn't play in college and hasn't played against like elite uh, competition like the NBA, uh, or uh, in a long time. You know, didn't uh, he should look? The guy should have played in college, but I'm not going to go down that role. Exactly uh, yeah. down that rabbit hole. Um, yeah, I think two blocks is very high. Uh, that would pretty much mean he'd finish in like the top ten in blocks. He'd be one of the best shot blockers in the NBA if he finished with two blocks. So I'd have to see a lot more from him to make that conclusion. And I'm not sure he's going to get enough playing time to to get that used to uh, blocking shots in the NBA. And uh, so I'm going to say under. I wouldn't be surprised if he averaged over one block per game but uh two is a high number uh you're reading my mind <laughs> again yeah, yeah you know it's tempting because you saw what he did in summer league and because of that impact that he had i think a lot of people have higher expectations for him this upcoming season i don't think he's going to get that much minutes to come up with two blocks a game he's going to come in he's going to have He's going to have his block opportunities, no question. The guy has long arms, can jump out of the gym. He's going to block shots. But I, I just don't see it enough being a guy that can block two two times a game. You know, I just don't think he's going to be out there long enough. But it's just that simple. Potentially, I think he could be a guy that's right up there for, you know, most blocks per game in the league. He's, he's that intimidating of a defender with his wingspan and his, his vertical leap, his timing. Uh, and just really just being an athlete, I think he has that kind of potential to be a, a real problem for you know uh, people trying to score in the paint later on down the road. Uh, but I just don't see him playing big-time minutes right now. I think he's going to play plenty in the G League, uh, and when he gets his chances here, I think he's going to be all right, but I just don't think we're going to see that impact that we saw in the Summer League and I think some people have that kind of expectation he's going to step on the floor and do that in a real NBA game. And these players are just too good. It's not going to be that easy for him. Uh, with everything that you mentioned of him not playing a, a, you know, a competitive game, I know in the summer league, but you know, did not play in college and all that, it's going to take him a little bit. And I think expectations for him need to be lowered a little bit, which will bring us to the final one for today, same Mitchell Robinson, does he play 
over or under a total of 15 minutes per game? That is a good one. Um, 15 minutes per game. I'm going to say under on that one. I'm going to say under, but I think it's going to be close. Okay. Uh, uh, because I think Ennis Cantor will get a back. Because I think there's going to be minutes to be had with uh, the backup center position. But uh, I think Ennis Cantor is going to play more minutes this year even than he did last year with uh, Hornacek. Because uh, I just think... Look, Hornacek kind of fell out of love with Cantor at certain times in the game. But he Cantor played like 25, yeah, 25.8 minutes per game last year. I think he'll get even more minutes this year. But, um, yeah, I think, look, there'll be minutes to be had with Robinson, but there's going to be growing pains. And I don't think he's going to be close to a 20-minute-per-game player after being away from the game for so long. Um, I'm, so I'm going to say under, but I think he'll average at least 10. Uh, I don't think he's going to be glued to the bench like a normal guy would be in his situation just because he had so much potential, like coming out of high school and all that. I think he's going to get his shots, but I think he, he'll struggle at the beginning. So, yeah. And I, I think again, the reason why he's under 15 is because early on in the year, at the end of the year, we're going to see him a lot. But at the beginning of the year, I think I really do think fans. Some think he could start right now. He's he's not going to start. He's not. It's not going to happen. Oh God, yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I legit have seen that. Like uh, he, he he's definitely has a chance to start. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. That doesn't mean that we're not high on him. But relax. It was summer league. It was impressive. We love what we saw. But he still has a long road ahead of him, and, and still plenty of development. That needs to be done. I think he's going to have a huge impact for this team. I think this is one of the best drafts the Knicks had in quite some time. Okay, I, I think this guy is going to be a steal for the Knicks in the second round. But give it some time. Don't don't have your expectations too high based on what you saw in the summer league. There, he has some things to work on because of that. Early on, that's what he's going to be doing: working in the G League mostly. He's not going to touch fifteen minutes a game this year total now keep in mind at the end of the year yeah he, he might be over that it might be 18 20 22 minutes a game but that's going to be the like the last month or so in the season early on he's not going to get big minutes you're not going to see plenty of them I, I don't believe i would be shocked and surprised to see him over 15 minutes especially early on in the year um, but we will come back to this i promise we'll, we'll go through more players and kind of predict in a fun way some season numbers, um, and we can look more into different stats for some of these guys we even mentioned. But we're going to wrap up this this show uh, fairly quickly here. But before we do that, we are going to reveal our fifth pick, a fifth guy on our all-time Nick list. And Chip, at number five, who do you have? I got Bernard King. Okay. Um, I think you went with him last week. Yes, right? he was my six. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know it's. It's tempting to not put him so high like uh, me and you both did because uh, he had such a short tenure with the team. Uh, as you mentioned last week, he only played four seasons. He was with them for five years. Uh, but uh, 
miss an entire season because he had a knee injury. And uh, the other season where he played four years, he actually only played uh, six games in that one season, in that 86-87 season. So he really only played three seasons. But, um, yeah, I think he gets compared to Carmelo Anthony a lot because, uh, you know, he was there for four seasons and the Knicks record in the four seasons he was there were 44 wins, 47 wins, 24 wins and 24 wins. You know, they only they made it out of the first round the first two years he was there and then they got smacked in the next two years. You know, uh, I, I think that's, you know, he averaged when he was there, he averaged 26 and a half points. 54% from the field. He dominated when he was healthy, just dominated. But right. uh, he didn't have the team success that Clyde Frazier did. Uh, or I know Patrick Ewing catches grief from Knicks fans that he never won a championship. But Bernard King didn't have the team success that Patrick Ewing did even. Um, yeah, he – look, he has an impressive uh, – impressive resume numbers wise and you can't ignore that i mean in four seasons 19.1 field goals per game 26 and a half points that's really impressive 54 percent of his shots made that's just impressive uh you can't ignore and by the way uh 76 percent from the free throw line at the time that's that's just he was a really good player i mean uh, and he's a. Uh, how many times he was an all-star all, all every year he was there, right? I One, believe two. so. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, look, another guy who injuries got him. I mean, injuries got him when he was there. So it's unfortunate, but it it's the Knicks. That's what happens. You go to New York, you get hurt. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can go through several of those players. Yeah. Mari Stoudemire comes to mind. Boy. Yeah, that is definitely the next one. Uh, mm-hmm. At Chip, right here at number five, we switched. Uh, I went with Bernard King last week. You went with him here. Mm-hmm. You went with Dave DeBusher last week at number six. I'm going with him at five. And before I go into it, remember, I, I kind of changed my mind in the, right right doing the segment. Because yes, talking you did. to you, and I, I told him I promised, I was going to put Bradley, uh, Bill Bradley here and I'm starting to think and I and we were talking about him went really you know and, and there's probably a lot of you going really you know it, it's Dave DeBuster's numbers when you stare at it you go yeah I can't do that but Bill Bradley <laughs> was a guy to me that numbers didn't really jump out at you you know he was a longtime Nick I believe he played you know 10 seasons with the Knicks uh, and averaged about 14 points on 45 percent shooting uh you know the numbers don't jump at you a whole lot but, you know, and again, I didn't see him play, but based off of, I, I talked to several people that did. He, he was the kind of guy that did a lot of things that may have not showed up on the stat sheet. But, you know, the more I heard about him, and that's kind of what made me think, oh, maybe this guy is value for the top five. But then you look at DeBusher's numbers and you go, no, no, he's got to go back. I mean, I'm sorry. No, you can't. When, when DeBusher averages 16 points and 10 rebounds a game, that's, uh, you got you got to put him at number five, and really, I don't have a problem with putting Bernard King here like you did, Chip. Again, it just comes down to the injuries. 
that he just was not on the floor, you know, it, because he missed so much time because of knee injuries and and everything else that he had. DeBusher was the guy that came over uh, and played, you know, six seasons, five, six seasons with the Knicks and just was a part of the championship teams. And, you know, he averaged, I think, 15 points and 10 rebounds in his last four seasons as a Nick. Uh, you know, his you saw his field goal percentage go up. Uh, this guy was, you know, your double-double machine. A guy that put up points, rebound, you know, crashed the glass well. Uh, and he was only six foot six. You know, an undersized big man. I know that's like an oxymoron. You know, he's six foot six. Usually those guys are like six nine, six ten, and up. Uh, but this guy was, uh, you know, determination to get every rebound that came down. So looking at it, I, I can't put DeBusher, you know, at like seven or eight. You know, he has to be in the top five for me and in, in ahead of Bernard King because, again, the injuries, you know, to me kind of set Bernard King back a little bit. So DeBusher is at number five for me but that is all the time that we have uh we will be back next week for another episode of the next state of mind podcast thanks for listening